All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for uh, being good to us, Lord. I thank you for being able to laugh. And, uh, you know, sometimes if we didn't laugh, we'd cry because uh, life is uh, its pretty rough at times. And uh, just seeing how uh, the devil really uh, just works in and out of our lives and just really messes things up. And we see people that we love just get entangled with it. Um, it's good to, to laugh and to get together with, you know, people who are going through it with us. And so, Lord, I do just uh, pray for the Passpoint class. I know there's a lot of things going on and a lot of people's lives and um, just pray for Mitch and Jody as they're getting over the sickness. I know, uh, you know, Meredith has had it and there's several people. So I do just pray that you'd uh, get us all healed up. Uh, just pray for all the things that are upcoming and pray for the, the surgery that Jody's going to have that you'd uh, just... Uh, Get her, get her knee all healed up and get her back on, uh, just the ministry track because, you know, they just really give their lives over to the ministry and, uh, Lord, I do just, uh, pray for the class as a whole. A lot of, a lot of exciting things happening. Uh, new life, new birth, new, uh, just, just a lot happening. So Lord, I do just pray that you would, uh, use us to get the word of God where it needs to go on time. Lord, we do, uh, just, Pray for uh, Jared and Emily. Uh, Amen. Is uh, he's just uh, figuring out life without his mom, and you know it, it's easy to say it's not a big deal, but Lord, uh, it reminds us that life is short, and that we need to make the most of uh, every day while we still can. And so, I pray you to speak to us today as we uh, continue on in the uh, family life study, and that you would really just prick our hearts to be what you've called us to be. Um, whether it means, you know, a, a better child of God, a better husband or wife, a better parent, you know, as we go through the list. And Lord, I do pray that these aren't things that we say, yeah, I, I know I need to do that, but they're things that we would be convicted about, uh, just to change who we are so that we can be more like you. So I pray you'd speak to us today, put me out of the way. Uh, there's a lot of things that I want to say, but I don't need my things to come out. I need your things to come out. So I pray you just speak to us, uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. So, um, let's see. We started, uh, we've been going through the family life study. I don't have time to review. So, uh, uh, you know, the first week we went through, or this several weeks ago, we, we've looked at uh, following God. Uh, we've looked at being a spouse, and now we're going through raising children. If you want to know where we're headed, uh, next week we will start uh, the section on uh, being involved in ministry. What is it that God has told me to do when it comes to being involved in ministry? There's a lot of, th- I, could, I could make this study last an entire year. Uh, I could go into the, well, you know, if you really read between the lines, it says this. I'm just taking the black and white, plain and simple. These are like the most basic of basic. It says right there, you can't miss it. This is what it says to do involving these things, right? And so, like I said, I could make each, any, any of these things last a whole lot longer, but I'm taking the most basic things. What is God telling me to do? Yes, he's telling me, but that anybody who's reading the Word of God can know that like God is saying, I need to do that. And so anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, we're going to get into building being involved in ministry, working in the world and our social life, but we'll get there as soon as we get there. So anyway, last week we started uh, this section on uh, being a parent, right? Raising children. And so uh, a lot of us in here are in that season of life. A lot of us in here uh, have uh, walked through that season of life. Some of us are uh, very close to getting into that season of life, uh, looking over here at you know Tucker and Ellie, and it's exciting. And, uh, and so there's so many different seasons of, of raising kids uh, but you have to start when they're young. Now, I understand, you know, when they're like baby, baby, uh, the goal is keep them alive, right? But it very quickly trans- transitions from keep them alive to like, how am I going to use the time that I've got? And so uh, anyway, we've kind of gone through that. Last week, we looked at the first two. <clears throat> I had uh, four things from the man, meaning God, uh, four things from the man on how to raise a man or woman of God. And so last week, we looked at the first two. Um 
I really encourage you to go back. If you're, if you're a parent at all, uh, go back and listen if you missed last week because I had a lot of things to say, but I don't have time to reteach it because there's a whole lot that I want to get through today and I want to finish up this section today. I don't want to... One of the things I've tried to commit to myself this year is to not drag things out so long uh, and try to stay on point when we when we go through things. So anyway, I really want to finish this up today. So the first one we looked at last week was uh, train your children. It's a straight black and white command from the Word of God. Train your children, Proverbs 22.6. I had a whole lot of things that tied into that. You'll go back and listen to it. You know, we had an entire class on uh, that. And then the next one, uh, so we had train your children. And then the the second one that we looked at uh, was teach your children. Teach them what, right? Well, go back and listen to it because it's not so much about teaching them how to you know hunt fish and love every day it's more about uh, the word of god the things that actually matter uh, the things that are actually going to matter in eternity you can have a lot of fun with your kids you can have uh, a lot of time with your kids but you know what it's all going to burn if it's not eternal uh in in what you do you know i'm not saying that spending time with your kids is not eternal but what i am saying is how is that tying into what the word of god is telling you to do go back and listen to last week okay so uh Today, we're going to get into the second, uh, uh, the third thing and the fourth thing. And so, uh, these are four things straight from the Word of God on what we are commanded to do, right? And so, the whole point of this study is for you to look at your life and say, this is, is this what God is telling me to do? And if you tell yourself, well, no, I don't think so, you're lying to yourself because I'm telling you these are the most basic of the basic things. I could get into a whole lot of other things, but we're going to stick with the basics. So, the third thing that we're going to look at, you're going to train them. You're going to teach them. And I really wanted to, you know, alliterate the whole thing, but I just didn't have time. So, and it doesn't really matter because I've, I've realized that y'all don't really care if I do that or not. Uh, so the, the third thing is provoke not your children. Uh, provoke not your children. And then uh, the last one, if you want to just kind of get it down, is correct your children, but we'll get there. Provoke not your children. If you have your Bibles, flip over to uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. We're going to hit a couple of these real quick, and then uh, <clears throat> we're going to go from there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, it starts talking about uh, what wives are supposed to do, verse 19, what husbands are supposed to do, verse 20, you know, when we're talking about, you know, child training, it says in verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And we as parents are like, yeah, man, I wish my kids would get that. Well, it's funny that uh, God immediately follows that up with the next verse. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. So it says, don't do this, and here's why not to do this. Uh, I'll get into more of that. Flip back a few pages in your Bible. Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 4. must have been really important because Paul made sure to tell two separate churches nearly the exact same thing. Ephesians chapter 6, one of the very few uh, verses that speak directly to children in verse 1. Uh, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And we as parents are like, yes, man, children, read this. You need to do this, right? Obey your parents. Verse 2, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And we tell ourselves as parents, man, if my kids would just do this, it would all be, it would all work out, right? If they just honor us, right? Verse 3, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. It says all that. And we as parents are like, yes, amen, amen choir, right? And then in verse 4. Paul immediately follows that up. And he says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, I'm going to finish up with this, but I want to just throw something out there real quick in case the moms are like, sweet, I don't have to listen to this because it says fathers two different times. I'll finish with that, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, ladies, you might want to listen to this too. But anyway, we'll get there. Uh, 
Provoke not your children to wrath and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Bible is like very specific on how not to provoke them. It doesn't just say provoke not your children. It could say that. And then we could read between the lines and say, well, it means this, this, and this. But no, it's very, very basic. It says provoke not your children to wrath or to anger. Same word, right? Translated in, in different ways. To wrath or to... So you're probably thinking that this verse should be the other way around, right? If my kids didn't provoke me to wrath, then you know the relationship here would be so much easier, right? If they would just do what they were supposed to, I'm telling you, I think that the wording is wrong here. Well, I don't think... There's times that I've thought that, but I don't. I, I really do see what God is saying here. And, you know, maybe you don't like to hear it, but the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree is what the old saying says, right? Or, you know, if you like a different saying, it says monkey see, monkey do, you know, or, you know, we could go through a whole list of them, right? What? I said monkey poo all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is they learned it somewhere. I promise. Now, I'm not saying everything that your kids have learned came from you. Uh, the public school system, there's there's a whole lot. Of, I mean, shoot, the, the church system uh, has a lot to say about what your children know and shouldn't know and do know. Anyway, for the most part, though, what they do comes from you, uh, especially the inner workings of their emotions and how they react to certain things. And I'm not trying to get you know super smart on you because I'm not, but I've seen some things and... Uh, that's how that works, right? So the word provoke, because, you know, a lot of times we don't really use that word very often. Um, if you look it up on Google, because, you know, that's what everybody would do is you just look it up. And so uh, the word provoke means to stimulate or incite someone to do or to feel something, especially by arousing anger in them. When you are provoking someone, when you actually look at what the definition means, you you are trying to without actually saying it, you're trying to cause an emotion without even meaning to at times. You are causing them to either do or feel something, right? And so that's what the Bible is telling you as a parent, fathers, I'll stick to fathers, that's what it says. It says, do not cause your children, don't arouse them to something that you shouldn't have to, right? It is your job to actually keep them calm, cool, and collected. But yet the Bible is very clear that it says, hey, make sure you don't do this. Why does it have to say that? Because I guess that God the Father knew, hey, somebody's going to get this wrong at some point. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's you. You guys have it figured out. I'm just going through it because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm just going to assume you guys have this figured out. Too often we as parents <clears throat> skip right to the next point. The next point being correct your children, right? We're supposed to train them. We're supposed to teach them. And we're supposed to correct them. We totally leave out the part that you know has anything to do with we might be the problem. We, we totally skip over the part that has anything to do with, I actually have something to do with them making the wrong choices, with them, uh, you know, having the, the, the wrong things inside of them. We skip right to the next point and we fail to see that we are a lot of times the cause of the problem. Here's a question you can ask yourself, right? And you may have kids right now, you may not have kids. Either way, are, are you bringing out the best in your kids? Or are you only seeing the worst? Because a lot of times we as parents, we're like, man, I only see the things that they do wrong. But the question is, are you actually bringing out the best in them or are you only seeing the worst? <clears throat> so practically, because I know sometimes we read these things and we're like, okay, provoke not my children to wrath. You know, don't, don't do things that automatically anger them. Okay, that's pretty simple. I'm not going to like 
scream in their face, so they, therefore they won't scream back in my face. Okay, check mark. I'm, I've got this figured out. Let me just give you a few practical examples because sometimes that's what we need. We just need somebody to be like, and not that I have anything figured out, but these are some things that I've seen, not only in raising my own kids, but uh, as you know, counseling other people as they raise their kids in different things. Um, here's just a few examples practically what this could look like, this provoking not your children to wrath. Now, again, let me back up and say, if you have like, infants, very, very young children. Uh, this isn't like, yes, d- don't make your kids scream at you, right? But in, in that season of life, uh, feed them, right? Give them what they what they need. You know, feed them, change all the... You're keeping them alive. What I'm talking about is, you know, once your kids get that to that age where they start, their brains actually start connecting to the things that they're doing, uh, all the way up until, and you might say when they, you know, graduate high school, but that's not the case. I hate to be the one to burst your bubble, but I'm talking about from like when they're able to start thinking up until, you know, maybe when they're about 10 or 11 years old. And why do I say that it stops then? Because at that point, you've pretty much ingrained in them who they are and they have figured out who they are. To try to change someone past that age, it's really going to take the word of God in their own life. Not saying it can't happen and not saying you can't have a big part of it, but if you think you're going to wait until your kids are older to, to start doing this, you totally miss the boat. But anyway, I'll get there when we get there. Practically, what does this look like? Provoke, provoking not your children to wrath. Uh, here, here's an example. Not properly preparing them for a situation. right? Not properly preparing them for a situation. That could mean a lot of different things, but um, if you don't prepare your kids... Uh, young or old, for what could come in a situation, what could happen. You might know some of the things, some of the obstacles that they're going to run into. You know, we're going to go to a birthday party. We're going to uh, go to church today. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. You know your kids' struggles better than anybody else. Are you preparing them for what they're going to run into, knowing the way that they probably emotionally are going to react to it, right? You might have a children who has separation anxiety. Are you preparing them practically for what's coming or are you just waiting till the moment and you're like here's the door you got to go see you later right or, or whatever you, you're going to a birthday party and you're like hey there's probably going to be kids here uh that are acting really crazy but you know what we're not going to do we're just going to make sure that we keep our basic rules intact right uh no matter what uh no matter what the situation is if you properly prepare them they know what's coming they know how to handle it but if you don't properly prepare them then what you're doing is you're provoking them to whatever emotion comes to them. And I promise, children don't know how to handle their emotions, right? At all. They just, they, they're, they're like, they've got these bodies and they're trying to figure it out and sometimes it just comes out in crazy ways. And so, by you not properly preparing them, you're provoking them to wrath. You are stimulating something inside of them that you could have otherwise controlled, but you chose not to. Why did you choose not to? I don't know. Maybe you were lazy. Maybe you were tired. Maybe you're, you fill in the blank. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you why you did what you did. I'm just telling you you didn't do what you needed to do. That is an example of what it means to not properly prepare them. Another example of what provoking your children to wrath might look like is not correcting them consistently. Not correcting them consistently. If you, only when you want to, use correction, and we'll get to what correction looks like later. Uh, if you only when you want to think correction is necessary then what you're doing is you're only putting confusion in their brain. You're only putting this, well, maybe I do need to obey in this situation, maybe I don't. It just really depends on what kind of mood dad's in. It really just depends on what kind of mood mom's in. And, you know, they're always after feeling the situation out when the situation should be laid out for them. 
God said in the garden, this is what you can have. God also said in the garden, this is what you can't have. If you have what you can't have, meaning you do what you're not supposed to do, these are the consequences, and it's very simple. If kids know where the boundaries are, then you're not provoking them to wrath because it's very plain and simple. It's very black and white. It's very easy to see. Okay, these are the boundaries. When you give kids boundaries, they thrive. It's when they don't know where the boundaries are that they push them as far as they actually can, even to where their own personal conscience is like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But if you as a parent lay it out there for them completely, it's so much it's so much easier. When you choose not to do that, when you choose to say, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I'm too, you fill in the blank, and you don't correct when you're supposed to, you're provoking them to wrath because they don't know if, well, this I did the same thing yesterday and you didn't act like this, Dad. I did the same thing yesterday and, and Mom didn't get mad, so why did it change today? You're provoking them because they don't know any different. They don't know where the standard is. That's another example of what provoking your children to wrath. Uh, here's another one. I don't have a ton, but here's just, I'm just trying to practically show you what this could look like in your life. Uh, only giving them your attention when they do something wrong. What you basically are training your children at that point is, if I want to get attention from mom or from dad, is I've got to act out. I've got to do something I'm not supposed to do, right? Because I know that they have to address it then. And you might say, well, that's bad thinking. Well, it probably comes from bad parenting, but I don't know. I'm not here to tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm just just telling you, like... If you only give them your attention, if you only spend time with them, if you only have conversation with them when they've done something wrong, then they feel like, well, if I want to have conversation with my dad, then the only way that I can get him alone, right, is to do something wrong because then he has to sit down with me and have a conversation with me. Maybe it's about me doing something I wasn't supposed to do, but at least I got dad's attention for a minute. You should make sure that you're taking time with each of your kids, right? individually at times and together at times just to let them know that hey you're important what's going on in your life hey you know what what are you into if you're only giving them that attention when they're doing something wrong then they feel like they have to do something wrong to get your attention i'm not i mean i've seen people do that another one another way that you can practically provoke your children to wrath and so practically you should not do this so you won't you aren't provoking them to wrath is uh not truly knowing them for who they are right you might be like, I raised my kids. I know who they are. But do you really? Do you really know who they are? What they're into? What are they? Uh, you know, you might know what kind of food they like. Well, good for you. You've been cooking for them their entire life. More importantly, you might know what kind of food they don't like because they make sure to tell you that. But, you know, it, either way, it's really easy to know what your kids don't like. They make sure to let you know that. Like, I can tell you, of each of my kids, like, two meals, don't don't make that for them. But, like, trying to find out this is what they really are into, I'm like, well, I don't know. They eat pretty well. So sometimes it's just knowing what they... But do you really know, like, what makes your children thrive? Like, do you know them at a, at a personal level? What are they really into? It says that you're not supposed to provoke them to wrath or to anger. But do you even know... Like, think about each of your kids, if you have multiple kids, uh, individually. Do you know what it is for each one that, like, brings them to that point of, like, wrath or anger or, or whatever? Do you know what that is? Okay, but what about, do you know what it is that brings them to, to joy or to, to quote-unquote happiness? Or, you know, do you know what they're actually personally interested in? Uh, you know, not all your kids are going to be the same. You might be somebody that's, like, really into sports. Well, guess what? Not all your kids are going to be that way. You know, it's really easy as a parent to, like, follow your kids around. Uh, so I've, I've learned this personally. Um, 
it's really easy to to get into when my kids you know play different sports because I'm into sports. I'm like I can I can buy into that all day long. It's really easy to get into something that I'm kind of into, but like I've got a daughter who's really into art, and I'm like I'm not really into art, and so does that matter? No, that's what makes. That's what she enjoys. So I have to personally make sure that I get into those things. I'm impressed by the things that she does. and Because if not, then they look at it like, well, you don't really care because you only care about the things you care about. So you have to. that You're provoking them to wrath. You might be like, no, you're just reading into it. No, I'm just telling you these are personal experiences. I've, I've seen it. Right? And if you think that they're just kids, right? And I'll have a real conversation when they're older. Well, let me just tell you, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Because when when your brain is saying, okay, now they're older, they've already decided who they are, what they are, where they're going to be. And it's really hard to change that. I said that before. right? If you're thinking that I don't even have to learn my spouse, or or, I'm sorry, I, I don't even have time to learn my spouse, let alone time to, you know, learn my kids. Well, let me just tell you, you should have thought about that before you had them. Because at this point you have them, and it's your responsibility it's not like your option. It's your responsibility to raise the children that God has given you. right? These verses are especially for somebody like you. That's like, I don't even have time to figure out what my spouse is into. I'm still back on that. Well, guess what? You have a spouse and you have kids. And you know, if you chose not to think about that, that's on you. But at this point, God is telling you this is what you're supposed to be doing. right? And so let me just tell you, like, if I'm speaking Spanish right now and you're speaking French and you're not hearing anything that I'm saying... Let me just put it in a nice package so you can understand it, right? You might be like, I kind of think I understand what you're saying, but let me just let me just give you what this means. How you do as a parent on this point really depends on if you're a proactive parent or a reactive parent. How you do on this point in particular, it really boils down to, am I a proactive parent or am I a reactive parent? Am I someone who sees what's coming and tries to prepare? Or am I somebody who says, this is here, what are we going to do? There's two different types of people in the world. And it's okay to be a reactive person in some situations. Not with raising your kids. Not with being a spouse. Not You can't do that. Let me just look back through those few examples and just kind of tell you the difference. If you're a proactive parent... You know, when when you are preparing them for a situation, you're letting them know, hey, these are some things that are going to come up. You know, what are we going to do in this situation if this was to happen? You know, hey, I know that whatever it is, you fill in the blank with it. But if you're a reactive parent, you wait until everything blows up and you're like, hey, we probably shouldn't have done that. Well, parent, maybe you should have taken some time and made sure they were ready for it. If you're a proactive parent, you're correcting them consistently no matter what. And they know that, hey, when I do something wrong, every time this is going to happen. So I don't have to wonder if, well, when I push this kid or when I do this, I don't have to wonder, are they going to be mad this time or not? Right? It's the difference between being proactive and reactive. If you're only giving their attention when they do something wrong, you're not being proactive at all. But if you're proactive and you actually spend time with them, finding out who they are, what they're into, their likes, their dislikes, the things that make them tick, the things that make them angry, it's it's all the difference in the world. Are you proactive or are you reactive? You might be like, well, it's not that simple. Okay, well, then you explain it to me because I'm telling you exactly what it looks like in the Word of God. It says that you are not supposed to provoke your children to wrath. Not at all, right? I'm trying to figure out what I hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Provoking your, your children 
is a good thing to do. But it tells you what not. It says don't provoke them to wrath. But it does say, uh, flip over to, really quickly, Hebrews chapter 10. Because provoking in and of itself isn't a bad thing. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. The Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. It's okay to provoke your children to the right things. Are you enticing them? Are you bringing them to the right things? The problem is we just tend to do the wrong things. We tend to always bring them to the things that you know we shouldn't be because we're too busy. We're too this. We're too that. I don't have time, right? It's time. It's always time. Well, you should have thought about that. Provoke them to, to love, to admonition, it says. One thing I want to point out here, and I kind of started with this, but I want to I want to wrap up with this, and we'll get to the next point. It says fathers, right? Both verses that we looked at it says fathers provoke not your children. Fathers provoke not your children. Uh, mothers, these things apply to you as well, because well, you're one flesh with your husband, right? The Bible makes that very clear. So it's not like you're off the hook, okay? But I do want to make sure that the dads who uh, are here and the dads who hear this, um, there's a reason that it doesn't just say parents. Because it could just say parents. It could just say... But there's a reason that it says fathers. It starts and ends with dad. You know, for all the guys who are like, yes, all those marriage verses say, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands, right? All You're right, it does say that. And sometimes ladies don't like to hear that. And But it's times like this where, guys, you really got to wear it. You're the responsible party here. It starts and ends with you. The answering to God the Father on how you did raising your kids, it starts and ends with you. You might say, well, my wife, it doesn't say in there. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. He's going to hold you accountable what the Word of God says. It starts and ends with that. Stop expecting your wife. Guys, I'm, I'm talking to you in particular. Stop expecting your wife to do everything that you're commanded to, but don't really want to under the guise of I'm busy. Because that's what we do. We try to pawn off on our wife all the things that the Bible says that we're supposed to do, but we don't really want to do. And we like pawn those off under the guise of I'm really busy and she's my help me. She's supposed to help me with those things. You're right, she is. But you know who answers for them when they don't get done? It's not her. It, it falls squarely on our shoulders. Right? Well, I'm too busy. Well, guess what? You weren't too busy to make them, so you better not be too busy to raise them. Or you've got some hard words coming for you at the judgment seat of Christ. People don't like to hear that, but that's what the Word of God says. It's just black and white, plain and simple. Like, if you've got time to have the fun part of making kids, then you better have time for the the raising them that comes with it. Because there's a lot of fun in that as well. There's a lot of it. i got a lot of other things I want to say, but i keep moving. Uh, so, provoke not your children. So, let me just let me just back up really quickly. I was thinking about this on the way up here because sometimes it feels like when you get into topics like this, it's like really Debbie Downer. These are all the things that you're doing wrong and I feel convicted and I, all Jason ever does is bring up the things that I'm not doing and um, there's only one way to get on the other side of that and to get into the Amen Choir is just simply do the things that God said to do. And then you could be like, yeah, man, when you do that, that really works. When you do that, it, it's really encouraging. 
But you know what? If your conscience is one that's like, man, I just feel like I'm getting beat up here. Well, maybe your conscience is the one that you need to be mad at, not me, because I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. These are the black and white. I could get into some really gnarly details of what you really ought to be doing, but I'm just doing the basic of the basic. Provoke not your children. The last one, correct your children. I don't have a ton of time here. I'm going to just roll through some verses because nobody likes to talk about correction. Nobody likes to talk about uh, actual child discipline. So I'm just going to give you a few things that the Bible says, and you can take it or leave it. And if you don't want to listen to it, you can talk to God about it when you get there. It's not my deal. I'm just here to tell you what it says. Let's look at some verses, and, well, then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. Proverbs 22.15. If you open up to Proverbs, we're gonna, there's several verses in Proverbs, and there's one other one. And I want you to actually see these because you, know, you think I'm just making these things up and that I'm just mean to my kids and I'm telling you to be mean to your kids. And so let's look at a few things. I'll read the verse. I'll give you a little point to kind of tie all of this together and we can go from there. Proverbs 22.15. We'll start there. Proverbs 22.15 says, Foolishness... Now think about your kid for a minute. Tell me if this is true. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. They're created broken. Right? They might be the sweetest kid in the world. They're created with a sin problem. We all were. It's just the way that it is. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Right? The Bible gives one specific way to correct the problem. Right? It doesn't say that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, maybe if you have long talks with them. It doesn't say that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, maybe you should, you fill in the blank. It gives you one answer. It says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it firm. It doesn't say beat them with the rod. It doesn't say whip them. It, it says the rod, right? Now, there are times that you use the rod in such a way, right? But it's not in a, uh, a beating way. It's a correction, right? People who don't understand the rod... They hate the rod. But if you understand what the rod is used for and how it is used and how God tells you to use it, I'm telling you, it says that foolishness is bound in their heart. Uh, fast forward to Proverbs chapter 23, verses 13 and 14. It says, Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, now you were like, oh, you just said it. It says don't beat him. Okay, you have to understand Look what the word beat means, and so I'm not going to do the study for you. You know, you do your own Bible study, but it doesn't mean... Okay, so it says, for if thou... Uh, where are we at? Uh, beat him with the rod, he shall not die. Verse 14, thou shalt beat him with the rod, and thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. Okay, so get past the word beat for a minute, because you are too lazy to do Bible study and actually figure out what that means. Because too often we read it and we're like, I'm not going to beat my children. Okay, do your own Bible study and figure out exactly what God's telling you to do there, and then come back and tell me that it's wrong. Okay, but you, I don't have time to do the Bible study for you. You can do it on your own. But the Bible gives... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Why do, we, why do we use the rod? It tells you right here in these verses. Why do we use the rod? To bring them to salvation. If, if by correcting my children, I know that it's going to deliver their soul from hell, well, what happens if, if you know of a certainty that your soul is delivered from hell, what does that mean? Well, to me, that means you got saved, right? There's only one way to know that your soul is delivered from hell, and it's salvation. And the Bible right here tells me that if I'm using the rod on my children, there's only one way to deliver their soul from hell, and it is proper correction. Hmm. Okay, maybe I ought to take heed to something that's going on here. Okay, let's tie some more verses together, because when you compare Scripture with Scripture, right, 2 plus 2 only equals 4 if you actually do the math. 2 on its own and 2 on its own will never be 4 until you put them together. So put the verses together. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. It says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, 
But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Right? Brings her to shame. It's about teaching the right thing, not just disciplining the wrong. Right? It's not just about saying, hey, you did the wrong thing. It's swats or spankings or whatever you call them in your house. It's taking the time to sit down with them and have a conversation about why did you do what you did. Right? And eventually allowing them to understand that, hey, it's not just you making the wrong choice every time. It's actually something that's ingrained in you. And using those times to actually teach them. Right? It says it brings them to wisdom. What is wisdom? It's not just knowledge. Wisdom is actually walking out what you know. Well, when your kids start to get to that point of wisdom and two plus two actually starts equaling four and it's not just I do this because I want to do this, but oh, I do this because it's something inside of me that's broken and there's only one way to heal this brokenness and it's through Jesus Christ and I actually can make it. Wow, this is really starting to make sense why we use the rod. And But it's not just about discipline. It's about correction. There's completely difference. Correction is actually having a conversation on why did we get here? How did we get here? How are we not going to get here again, right? Okay, back up to Proverbs chapter 19. i got to keep moving because we're running out of time. Proverbs 19, verse 18. It says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy, uh, thy soul spare for his crying. The... Because I've heard this a lot of times. The they're too young argument, that's really going to come back to bite you when they're older. Let me just tell you. They're too young for true correction. Uh, I promise. When they're older and you're like, why are they not getting this? It's because you didn't start when they were young. Right? If you're like, well, they're, they're, they just don't understand. I promise. When they understand to know that, hey, what I'm doing is wrong so much so that I'm going to turn back and make sure that mom and dad aren't looking to what I'm doing. Okay, they're old enough to know. I'm not saying you're going to... Again, understand child training. Go back and, and do some study on this thing. If you want to get a little deeper into this, we can do that at a different time. We don't have time right now. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 17. Last verse in Proverbs, and I got one other one. To tie the whole thing together. Proverbs 29, 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Doesn't that sound peaceful? Right? To have kids that like actually give delight unto my soul, they give me rest. For all the times that correction seems grievous, if done God's way, it's going to bring delight unto thy soul. Like there's there's a lot of truth to what I'm saying. Fast forward to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to bring this whole thing full circle, this correction thing, and we'll be uh, almost done. Somebody caught it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. This is, well... The Bible doesn't come right out and tell you who wrote the book of Hebrews. But if you want me to tell you, it was the Apostle Paul. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into that discussion at a different time. But uh, Paul's talking about how God uses correction on, on us. But tie this together with, with your own kids and let's, let's make some sense of this thing. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 10 and 11. It says, For verily... For a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he, talking about God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening in the present seemeth joyous, right? Has anybody ever got a spanking from God and thought, hey, that was really nice, right? I'm really, I really wish he would do that more often, right? I really doubt your kids think that either when it happens, but you know, sometimes it has to, right? It's never joyous in the time, but what does it say? Uh, where, where am I at? Uh, Verse 11, uh, 
But it says, but lest afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are ex- exercised thereby. Right? It's never going to seem awesome at the time, but it's only going to be good moving forward. A few quick things, just some comments and we'll be done. No amount of correction can take the place of training. There is no amount of correction that will take the place of training. It has to start with training. Discipline out of anger is abuse. Make sure you understand that as a parent. If you're mad when you're disciplining, it's abuse. That'll come back to haunt you in more ways than one. Another thing just to kind of know, inconsistent uh, inconsistency in training only brings confusion. We've kind of talked about that, but if you're inconsistent in, in your training, it's only going to bring confusion. Two more things. Loving your kids too much to correct them. I'm sorry. Loving your kids too much to correct them God's way is a lie from the devil himself. Oh, I just I love my kids too much to, to, to do it how God says to do it. That's what the devil's telling you, and you're listening. If you're somebody who thinks I can only take the Bible into my life for the things that really match up with my life, uh, that's because your life doesn't match up with the Bible. I'm just saying. Loving, I, I love my kids too much to correct them God's way. That's a lie from the devil himself. And then the last thing, and I want to make sure you understand this. They're God's kids first. They were and they are God's kids first. If you refuse to obey His way, once you know the truth, you know the truth of God now. You know what the Bible says about being a parent. If you say, you know what, I don't really want to obey His way, right? I don't want to do it His way now that you know it. Don't be surprised when He takes them from you one way or another. Now, I'm not saying that you know God's going to kill your kids. That's not what I meant. I've seen God do things in, in that sort. But what I'm saying is, if you know what God says to do, you fill in the blank. Don't be surprised if He takes them from you. Emotionally, spiritually. I've seen God allow social service to come in and take kids because you just weren't willing to do the things that you knew you needed to do. Don't be surprised. They're God's kids first, and I promise He will make sure they're taken care of one way or another. If you choose not to do it, He'll make sure one way or another. Seems kind of like harsh, kind of like heavy, but... There's truth in what I'm saying, and you need to make sure that you know you're you're rocking and rolling with it because God's very like if you're like what am I supposed to do when I raise my kids, and then I tell you these things, and you're like yeah, but I don't really like those things. Well, the Word of God doesn't lie. God cannot lie, is what the Bible says. So what are you going to do with it? Like it's it's on you at this point. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the word and uh, sometimes just the harsh truth that's in it. But at the same time, when we know that you know we're doing the right thing and we're doing it the way that, that God says to do it, then there's peace in it and there's joy in it. So Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just allow these things to, to simmer in our heart, that we would allow them to actually come to fruition and that our children would be uh, just uh, children who are not only obedient and not only uh, you know bring us joy, but Uh, they bring you joy and they come to the salvation knowledge of Christ. And so I pray that you would just uh, allow these things to uh, be in us as parents so that we can give our kids the best opportunity possible, not to be successful uh, people in society, but that they can be successful followers of Christ because that's where it starts. So Lord, I pray you would just uh, use these things in us, uh, allow us to minister to our kids and to the people around us and just speak the truth that we know in Christ's name. Amen.
Uh, anybody who wants to be a good parent should watch.